You think you know me. The music of Edge welcomes us to the new episode of On the Turnbuckle on my podcast house. Lyle, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. A uh, stone cold losing. That's an interesting one, but it's good to see. Semi-finals, the first semi-final. Edge is into the final, beat him yeah. by a solitary vote. So, some would say it's an upset, but I think it's just our really good fans have picked the better song, not just the most popular wrestler. Yeah, so... Uh, Edge into the finals, and next week we'll see who he's up against. Yeah, interesting now. Where's Tony? I don't know. Is he running late? Uh, I don't know. He said something about cricket. I don't know. Is there cricket on this time of year? I don't know. When when Tony tells a joke, usually you hear cricket. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know, mate. If, 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 if he says cricket, I'll, I'll believe him. Uh, last week's episode, uh, did you get much feedback? I had a lot of feedback. Uh, everyone's really... Enjoyed the Tali interview. Uh, looking forward to her coming down to more to Melbourne, so obviously us a bit local can see her more. The but, feedback on Tali was fantastic. Yeah, really good, really good. People, so people were telling me uh, that they really found her refreshing and they like her. So, and that's how I, I felt while we we're interviewing. Yeah, her it was well. really good. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of a lot of feedback about the chicken nugget debate. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, so. Red Rooster weighed in during the week, so it'll be interesting to see if she can get a some nugs and a handshake that she was asking for. Yeah, and if and they, Bruce if, Pritchard. I was just going to say, if Red Rooster want to sponsor the podcast, we would be open to selling our soul and being on board with Red Rooster as well. And Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, obviously, you know, probably it's a bucket list for both of us. Obviously, he's the uh, the benchmark for wrestling podcasts. You'd say, you know, most popular and entertaining. So, ah, oh, that was just yeah, a real surreal moment. For both of us, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was grinning like an idiot while we were speaking to him. Yeah, you were. I should have taken a photo of that. I don't often smile, so yes. <laughs> now, we do have a guest in the studio now. We're joined in the studio by Cash Money, Carlo Cannon. Yeah, yeah, Cash Money. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Very excited. I've heard only good things about this this podcast. Oh, that's good. I'm very picky. I don't do many podcasts. I'm surprised you didn't hear bad things from Lockie, because he's not a big fan of Tony, who's usually in this seat. <laughs> <laughs> he's an angry boy these days, little Lucky Hendrix, isn't he? He really is. He's one of my favourites, though. So I, I can't, I won't hear a bad word said about him. I heard he got a really handsome trainer. That's what I've heard. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to the training school a bit later. But I want to touch on your adventure when you first moved to Canada. Yeah, what you want to know about that? That's like a gigantic trip. Well, you went. And you weren't. You went to train with the Hearts, am I right? <laughs> yes. And that didn't yes. work out. No. So I guess um, I, I went to train with the Hearts because. So growing up, Lancelot was my favourite, right? So I, I was a very big fan of the ECW contingent, and when they spread their wings to WWE and and uh, WCW, I was like, these are my guys because no one knew. So Taz was one of my guys for sure. And when Landstorm went to WCW, you know, when he did his debut against three counts, I remember, full, <laughs> full marking out, um, I was like, no one knew who he was, especially in high school. So I was like, that's my guy. So I clung to him and then I just wanted to follow in his footsteps. So, um, you know, he was trained in Calgary, obviously, and, and went with the Hearts. I'm like, I'm going to do that. He went to Japan. I'm, I'm going to do that. And so I just wanted to do what he did. So I contacted the Hearts when I was like 16. 
And it's like, Ross or Bruce, I'm not sure which one. But they're like, yeah, look, wait till you're 18. Come on over and, and we'll look after you. And then I'm like, yeah, cool. And then I think on uh, being as old as I am, I was on like Yahoo Messenger or something <laughs> yes, or, yes. or MSN. <laughs> and I'd found a wrestler uh, out of Washington um, and I asked for advice. And um, his name was Dr. Luther. Now, I didn't know who he was then. I was like, I just asked for advice and he gave me a whole bunch of advice that made zero sense. <laughs> He's like, if you if you didn't like high school, you'll hate wrestling because that's what wrestling is. I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm still in high school. Um, and like just a whole bunch of things I didn't get, but I later understood. Um, so my whole plan was wait till I'm 18, go to Canada and and do what Lance did. So so how, how long are you in to the business when you're 18? How long have you been training for? Zero. Zero. So I was 16. Uh, we had popped down to PCW back in the day, back when it was like whatever it was, and my family didn't like it. My mum my mom was like, you're not training here. I was like, okay. I just didn't upset my parents. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they really didn't even want me wrestling, period. And Plus, it wouldn't have been close to where you were living. No, either. no. It was still like past Danong and like, you know, we grew up in the West, you know, so it was really far. So I was like, cool, I'll wait till I'm 18. And then I ended up uh, going there for a little bit. I ended up doing like three training classes and then they put me in a match because I said I picked it up really naturally. So I literally had three training classes had a match, two matches, and then went to Canada the next day. So, uh, well, at least yeah. you've had your first match. So when they asked the question, "How many matches have you had?" I've had two. Oh, yeah, I, was, I was two in before training. <laughs> so I get to I get to Canada um, through a friend of a friend of a friend because the, I was working with Reach and doing the charity work. Um, I met a guy named Tyler, and he was like going to put me up on a mattress on the floor in his, like, spare room so far south of Calgary, it was ridiculous. It was like an hour from, like, everything. But an 18-year-old travelling, a mattress on the floor isn't that bad considering some of the backpacker places I've seen in my Right. Time. Like, and that was, look, I was very sheltered. Like, my my parents are Filipino, so they thought I was either going to be a doctor or a lawyer, which <laughs> I was not going to be either, but that's what they believed. And you I could did, have had a doctor gimmick or a lawyer I, gimmick. I, I should. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> they would have been proud. so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what they wanted. And that's why I did, like, all the hardest subjects in school to prove I wasn't stupid. You know, I hated, I hated it, but I was like, you know, you gave me this good education. So they let me go there for a year. I moved over, stayed on the mattress, um, and I went to a couple of the Stampede wrestling shows. And it wasn't what I – because I'd never seen indie wrestling before. I'm like, oh, no, what? Like, what's where are this? The people? Like, yeah, where are the people? I'm like, I, I don't – it wasn't what I expected. And um, Stampede wasn't, isn't what it once was at that stage. You know what? It? it was on its way of getting better. So when I got there, it wasn't – it was still – it was kind of getting there. But then uh, Tyson Kidd – so TJ Wilson and, and Harry Smith and Natalia, they were all – and Victor, uh, Raj or Jinder Mahal, they were all on so the there's rise. So there. there's some good workers there. Yeah. So, you know, that that's – I didn't know who they were then, but, like, that's what it was starting off to be. So when I went to try with the hearts, um, I was just handballed left and right. And I remember um, <laughs> I met up with – I think it was Bruce Hart at a Wings place. He said, meet me here. So I went to the, I went to the Wings place and he ordered, like – Man, 12 pounds of wings. I've never seen like a mountain of wings in my life, right? I'm like, we don't really have wings here. So he's eating. He was smashing them. I remember, and like Natalia was our waitress. She goes, oh, this is Night Heights. Lord. I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. <laughs> and then he's telling me about like, 
Um, like I didn't get it. He's like, you know, we're gonna give you, you know, this gimmick, and we're gonna. I'm like, oh, what? I didn't know what gimmick meant. Like, I didn't know what's happening. He's like, I'm gonna give. You're gonna be like, a, didn't that tsunami hit recently? You'll be the tsunami kid. And I'm like, I had a friend that died in that. Like, this is what is happening. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, I'll introduce you to some of the guys here. They'll look after you. Blah blah. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, you know, whatever. I was like, it was so overwhelming, and I was excited but confused at the same time. And I just figured it's all gonna work out. Then he left. And I ended up paying for the wings. <laughs> That's the old uh, <laughs> money you didn't. Bre- yeah, breaking into the business. So Lance was excited because I already had a story before I even did anything. Um, and then for the next four weeks, I was kind of handballed left and right. And I think it's because they didn't really have a plan of what was going on, and the heart house was up for sale. So when I cornered them at two a.m. at the at the Ogden Legion in Calgary. I said, what's going on? Like, I've been here for four weeks. I've already got two jobs lined up. I've got an apartment. Like, I moved here for us and what's happening. And they said to me, listen, um, we don't have a school at the moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly what you want to hear when you're 18 on your own in another country, experiencing winter for the first time. Uh, Uh, Real winter, too. Real winter. Uh, And they said to me- Game of Thrones winter. (laughs) (laughs) Bruh, I think you understand. Because we don't have a school room, but we can train you in the grass for $5,000. There isn't any grass in winter. No, there wasn't. (laughs) We're going to train you in the snow for $5,000. It'd be nice to bump it, I guess. For $5,000. And they said, look, you're probably never going to make it as a wrestler because you're not big enough. You'd probably be a referee or a manager. Lucky so, Ray Mysterio didn't go out there to train. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't know what I, – I, it could have been an off time or, they, or whatever it was. I just remember being 18 and my eyes were sparkling and just turning to tears going, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> um, my heart's breaking. And then they're like, look, we we don't endorse steroids, but you should look into them. <laughs> and that was a nail in the coffin for me. And I went home and I remember my roommate – took me to like a, an IHOP or something like that or a Denny's and I just ate this ice cream, depressed, going, what? What, what, <laughs> what do like I do? Like sex in the city. That was so sad. Girls. I was like, what do I do? And then like, this is this is just the kicker. This is just funny. I went, I was, I was dating a girl at the time um, and uh, she said, let's stay together while you're away. So I went to send her an email like shattered, like my dreams have been shattered. But she already sent me an email. She beat me to it. And she said she cheated on me <laughs> at, at, a, at a formal and then put the lyrics to Goodbye My Lover. <laughs> so like to this day, I hate that. I hate that song. Right? And I remember like being depressed. I'm like, oh, man, like what do you do? But I just stayed like I, you know, like I, like I said, I've been doing the charity work since I was 17, telling thousands and thousands of kids of like chase your dreams and you can do it. Jim Steins believed in me and like all these people believed in me. I was like, I, I can't quit. No. I'm already here. I'm already got a job. Talk. Like I work at Build-A-Bear Workshop, right? Like, come on, man. Can't leave. It's <laughs> so, not the worst job you can have though. Hey, you know what? When you're an Australian and you're 18 and you're trying to be a wrestler and you make teddy bears for a living, it's it, the pickup <laughs> line, like, you know, it's I have not, an accent. I've taken my daughter to a couple of builder bears, and I tell you, that's very expensive. It's not cheap. No. I should get discounts. I should. I could hook you up. <laughs> Show me you know me. T- Thirteen so how, years ago. How did you get on this onto Lance? So I just end up staying there, and then I would listen to like radio stuff. I would go on his website, all that kind of thing, and he said he was opening up a school. Now I was like, okay, that's that's insane. So I. Um, once he opened up the applications, I literally put together a wrestling resume 
I put like um, the check. It was, I think it was like a $200 deposit Canadian. And then I paid like $45 express post. Like I paid top dollar to get this thing there. Cause I'm like, I'm not missing out. So I go to the post office, which was like the petrol station across the road, paid the 45 bucks, all that stuff. And then I remember um, being at home and then I got the letter back and I held it up to the light. And, like, my check was still in there. I was like, oh, man, I didn't get in. And I opened it, and it was actually just a receipt. So thank God. <laughs> and then I've got the uh, the letter, and he – it was personalized. He said, you know, congratulations. You'll be one of my first students. And, you know, I'm sorry to hear about what happened with the hearts, but um, in my uh, obviously biased opinion, you're better off with me, which is excellent. And then a week later, he calls me on the phone. And I was six. I was like, hello, what? what?" And it's like, it's Lance Storm. I'm like, oh, my. I'm like freaking out. And uh, apparently the funny thing is I lived around a corner from him because Lance (laughs) doesn't like people. So he lives as far south as he possibly could. And he says, look, I live around the corner from you. I can pick you up and take you to class every day if you want. I'm like. Yes, because it's like a 30, 40 minute drive to class. And you get that means you've got one on one time, an hour a day Picking with Lance his brain. Storm to pick yeah. his brain. And then he would like either drop me home or he would drop me off to, uh, <laughs> to a builder bear, which he would. But yeah, it was like that every single day. So he would pick me up. The, the good rib to it was that he lived around the corner. So I paid a guy $45 to put in the same <laughs> box that I could put it in. And like this guy knew, like I'm looking at the guy, like he knows. He looked at the address and goes, I know exactly where that box is. I'm still going to charge you $45. I'm thinking when you got the return letter, did it have a stamp on it? Or I know. <laughs> I mean, that guy just got, hey, man, I'll walk into his house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it, that, that was crazy. So, I mean, I would spend at least like 30 minutes to an hour every morning with Lance talking about wrestling and, and learning and asking him a bunch Hoping of Hoping for a traffic jam. So you Her, oh, time. my goodness. And it was like, it was so funny because um, – you know, he got me my first bookings, uh, and I remember the the craziest thing because this is my all in my first year. I remember he got us booked <laughs> out of like a native Canadian reserve, right? This promoter was telling him, "We've got like six hundred pre bookings. It's going to be massive. Like this is going to be a really good show for your guys. They can wrestle each other. We're really excited to have you." So we drove like two, three hours out. We get there. And um, like, there's, like, dogs swarming, like, around. We're like, this looks dangerous. I'm like, I don't know. We get there. The show starts. Um, there was four people in the crowd. Four. It's the smallest crowd I've ever worked, right? And I think one of them actually worked, <laughs> was doing the music. Um, <laughs> I was happy because during my match, you know, I, I was fighting up out of a hold, and that one dude started clapping until he realized he was the only one in yeah. the crowd clapping. But I'm like, I had, I had him. <laughs> had him. And Lance is filming it for us, laughing. He's laughing, like he's, he's calling out our spots and he's laughing, which was funny to watch back. But on that way home, he, uh, he goes, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm like, man, I'm sleeping in. Like I work two jobs. I haven't seen sunlight because I work in a mall. Like I'm going to sleep in. He goes, well, we're having a big uh, Christmas dinner at my place. You're more than welcome to come over for Christmas dinner. And I was like, I wore a suit because I'm an idiot because I was nervous. <laughs> what do you wear? What do you wear? What are you laughing at? Come on. I was scared, man. You're, you're 18. I'm 18, man. I'm like, what I didn't do I own wear? a suit when I was 18. Yeah, for us, I wore, I wore a suit and everyone laughed at me. Was he I just in a suit? Man, uh, it was a black, I man had black slacks, you know what I mean? Nice, nice crisp shoes. And they had like this purple and white. You know what I mean? Brings out my eye color. Very color cannon. Yeah, I mean. Very color cannon. Very chocolatey, you know. So <laughs> I got there and they were like, oh, that goes, oh, you look nice. <laughs> Everyone's in trackies and stuff. And like, they made me wear that paper crown the whole night. And like, 
Yeah, I, it was it was it was amazing. Like he he did more uh, for my life, not only career than than anyone has. Because when uh, I went back for a holiday for two weeks, he blew his knee out wrestling in Japan, and like um, I went over with Chris Knight or Dylan Knight, who's now in Canada. Um, we went for a holiday, and I said to Lance because he couldn't walk and he had a class coming up. I said, "Look, I can stay in Canada for six months without a visa." I can cancel my flight home and I can just take bumps for you if you want. And Tana, his wife, is like, he's going to be stubborn. Just do it if you can. And I asked Lance and it's like, yeah, that'd be great. I'm like, well, okay, that was easy. And then I said, look, you've, you got a lot of hookups in Calgary. Can you help me find a place to stay? And he says, look, my family love you. My kids love you. We have a spare room in our basement. Do you want to just live with us? So I lived with Lance for six months in his basement, um, babysitting his kids. And how old like, are you then? Ni- I was like 19, yeah. 19, 20. Yeah, I think it was still my first. So he's basically year. part of your family now. Yeah, they said I'm the adopted son he never had. So like I call him like Papa Lance or Papa Storm. And like even like the students would laugh because we would be talking about the boys want to go hang out and hang out and, and, and at the gym. And Lance goes, will you be home for dinner? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what, what time's dinner? It's like six o'clock. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. I'll tell Tito. I'm like, he goes, man, you got, y'all got curfew. I'm like, I got, I've got curfews. Like, if I don't get home, like, I'm gonna get in trouble, you know. So like, I learned so much. We would watch Raw and SmackDown together. He'd tell me everything he hated, and I kind of knew why, but I'd be like, why? And then he would say it. Then I'd run downstairs and I'd write, like, all of all the things I learned. And then he would also rib me. He ribbed me harder than I've ever been ribbed in my life. Like. I have stories to tell you of him just <laughs> tormenting me. But it made him happy. So, you know, I saw Lance smile when he used to pick on me. <laughs> and let's face it, most wrestling fans haven't seen Lance smile a whole lot. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know hey, this, this is about when the, the, the time I realized that Lance was just like my friend as opposed to like, like being in full mark mode or like of having him as my wallpaper on my phone. Um, was like we were in the car driving somewhere. I was driving the class and he pulls up and like some song played in the radio. I was like, oh, I haven't heard this song. He's like, you haven't heard this song? This Black Eyed Peas song? I'm like, no, I haven't heard it. I'm like, why should I? And then he started singing and I looked at him I'm like, oh my God. I go, you just shattered every illusion I had about you. He goes, get out of the car. <laughs> uh, yeah, brilliant. I reckon that you could do a two-hour podcast just on Lance Storm. A hundred percent. better. We better move it along. You're going to get stuck there. Oh, sorry. I have to ask about World of Hurt. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it is sticking with the Lance Storm team. I'm, I'm sorry. It, uh, well, so being, back to Lance Storm. Yeah, be, being told, like obviously I'm, it got released in 2013 <laughs> or whatever yeah. it was. I'm pretty sure it was taped a bit earlier than that. Um, being told during the show, you're too small. Everyone else in the <laughs> class is huge. In those five or six years, you're a big guy on shows now. Like, what, what the difference in what the wrestling world's looking for compared to now? It's crazy. It's funny because World of Hurt, I didn't realize because I thought reality TV was like actual reality. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, yeah. It was just like they manipulated whatever the hell they wanted. Like, there's a scene in there which is real funny. So, like, um, they asked uh, Tanil and I, because we used to date, they asked, can we talk about your relationship? We're like, no, we want to move on from that. We're friends now. It's all good. It's like, all right, cool. Well, look, we'll get you guys in the kitchen talking about, you know, you and, and Dylan Knight and, and you guys just, you know, old times reminiscing. So we did that. And then in editing, in post, I see goes, 
<laughs> Kylo Cannon misses the old times. Sadly, Tennille doesn't feel the same way. I'm like, what? Why am I the loser? You made me a loser. Like, you're killing my game on TV. Like, why? And then they said, like, they're doing the circuits. Like, we need something exciting. Like, can you throw up? I'm like, yeah, I can. I can. So I had to fake throw up in a bucket. Like Jones. Yeah, so I'm, like, faking vomiting. That, all, that's all I can think of. Like, he's got him. He's got him. I'm like, this is my break. I'm, I'm Jaws right now. So I'm thinking that. And then they did a thing where, like, and this is the thing they did. Yeah, they would, like... The girl Irina on the show, they used to mess with her because, like, they gave her the wrong address for something. Ah. And then she showed up late. So we're all angry at her because she's late. And she's like, they gave me the wrong address. And it's like, shut up, you're a liar. Like, <laughs> they would just, like, do something. Like, they would have the camera rolling and try to get candid conversations. Um, they left the smoke machine on all day long at the entrance. Then I make my entrance and it's slippery and I slip. And my knee pops out, like it dislocated. And I get in the ring and I tie up with Dylan. I go, bro, my knee popped out. He goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, we've got to keep going. And then I had to do a big dive. The whole show was built around my yeah. dive. And it's funny too because when we, when we did the dive the first time, they made it seem like I'd never done a dive before. <laughs> and I hit this perfect like no rope touch like plancha, like no hands. I'm like, it's clean. So clean. They're like, oh, this is pretty good for your first time. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the, that was, was all based around. Then if you watch the editing, you'll see it. I make my entrance. I slip. And then suddenly I'm backstage, topless and sweaty, strapping my knee. That was because it was after the match. But they edit it. And then you, I come yeah. back out. It's like, he soldiers on. And then everyone's like, I hear the wrestling guy laughing. He goes, this guy's a jobber. Like he, he hurt, got hurt in his own entrance. I'm like, oh, my God. My, my episode, just me being the biggest loser. No girl likes me. I sleep on my entrance. I vomit during training. I'm like, this is the worst selling point ever. And Frenchie just got to be like an, a dick the whole time. He got the best job. It's like, oh, what a, I could have been the dick. I couldn't have. I, I think what my favourite part was right at the end, after you, you landed your first dive ever in the wrestling business, they cut to Lance Storm peeking through the curtain and go, at a boy. <laughs> and he, he's got the cheesiest, oh, un Lance Storm grin. He probably wasn't face. even watching my match. It was probably something else. And they edited it in there. Like, World of Hurt was next level. I mean, look, it was a lot of fun. I have some dope photos from, from that time, but, man, that was... The fakest reality yeah. thing. Mar I think everything's a work now. <laughs> Nothing's real. After that, like, ah, no. Married to first size, definitely a work. <laughs> it's definitely a work. Um, we had uh, David Storm on here, one of our early episodes. And um, I remember when we, we spoke to him, we talked about who his favorite guys to work with are. And you were right near the top of his list just because of the intensity that you bring to the ring, and he likes to bring that intensity oh, as well. Oh, yes, he does. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about, like, because you've had a lot of matches with Davis over the journey. Yeah, he is easily one of my favourite guys. Like, his mind for this business is incredible. And, like, there was things that I remember when I first wrestled him, I was like, I have this doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? And then, like, it all came together and just – his mind and like his attitude is like it's it's incredible. Like you you felt his energy. Like he's incredible. And like I wrestling for me is a complete art form. I love it passionately. And when I'm in there, like there's nothing realer. Like I'm saying some of the most obscene things about you in my head and the things I'm gonna do to you and like it's real. And so when I'm in there with him, he brings it out. And he has a punch like a rubber mallet that when he hits you in the forehead, it hurts. And it makes like, oh, I'm going to punch you. So like, I'm like gritting my teeth at him. And like, we're happy to tear each other apart. And like, it's full and utter trust when you get in there with him. And um, whatever he says, like, like he's, it's like, it's almost like 
law because he, he just gets it. He's one of the few I feel that, like, if he got a chance now, uh, he'd be he'd be up there doing, like, what the rest of the other guys do. Like, there's a reason why, you know, he started off with, like, your Mikey Nichols and, and your Jag and your, and your Shane Hastings. And he's he's up there. And he's very generous with his knowledge. And, and he'll if you ask – if you're a wrestler in Australia – Ask him questions because hundred percent pick his brain. He's the single most positive man ever. Like he sees only the good in everyone, and like you can see that in everything he does. In not only like his the students he's produced, in, in how beautiful his family is, how beautiful that of how EPW is growing, you know, through his legacy. Like he's he's easily one of the best in this country. And I think if if we had more Davis Storms in this country, we'd be we'd be killing it. Now I'm um, moving on to. More TV work you've done. You're on the uh, <laughs> on the project. They did a nice piece. Yes, they on did. You, um, which led into a bit of intergender wrestling. Yes. Um, just want to talk about Avery's match that you guys had. Obviously, we've all we've seen it. Uh, yeah. What was your thoughts and takeaways from it? I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I think it's it's a chance for people to see how talented. Uh, like wrestlers in general are like it's not male or female it's just wrestlers in general it's about the stories that we tell like things just have to make sense in the realm of like a world of like of what we do she she's so talented um, and she's only just scraping the surface of what she can do um, and the and the trust that she'll be given to, to do in, in higher profile matches but um, she trusted everything in me like you know i've been working with her for for quite a while now um and i was just really happy that the because that crowd as you know the bcw crowd are just they're ruthless they are if, if they don't like you they don't like you and if they they don't like something they they're very vocal and they're very vulgar about it and that's what i like about it because if you can get a, a pure raw emotion out of them game over because they they're not Pavlovian dogs. They don't cheer when they're supposed to. They don't boo when they're supposed to. They do everything that they're not supposed to do. But if you can get them to do what you want and they connect with you genuinely and they did in that match. Like when when I came out and I, I go in the crowd and I dance to them and I'm an idiot and it's great. I've It's pretty much me. My, my gimmick at BCW is just I get to be me. It's you like, on a Saturday night. It's literally me. All, yeah, well, yeah. They go, it's, it's me to 100. No, no, it's just literally just me. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, she just tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to. I literally have to. Um, and then when they announced her name and she came out, they blew up. Like her pop was ridiculous. And then just the match and, and everything, like everything was spot on. Like to see the people from the project that were filming and I could see them after the match have the biggest grins on their faces and just so caught up in, in the magic of it all. People, people want to sh- like – crap on like certain promotions or they want to crap it, it, it's not even about that it's, it's about the art that we're doing you could find some of the, the most beautiful pieces of artwork in the crummiest of buildings it's, it's not about that it's about the people that care passionately about what they do and I love this more than anything and no one can question my integrity I'm so, I feel I don't know if there's anyone else still training every day like I am so no one can question my integrity and Avery is one of those girls that go, comes in and, and will work. She drives all the way from Geelong to come train. And, you know, I've got all my students that come every day and, and, and bust their ass too. And, like, um, to get it over in front of a, a crowd that's so <laughs> anti-everything, like, was was the best feeling. And I think that's, that's what we need more of. I think I'm not trying to convince the fans that are ready to come because they're going to go to every show. I, I want – the guys that bring their friend for the first time or the casual viewer or someone that flicks on the project and sees and goes, you know, this is actually pretty decent. Maybe I'll check it out. And there was a, it was a risky thing to do that with the project because you know that there's a chance that it gets represented the wrong way. But I thought that um, the way you and Avery told the story, 
help them tell the right story? 100%. When they approached me about this whole thing, um, I was very adamant of what I believe in. And I go, you will not make a joke out of what I do. And they came to training and saw how hard it was. I go, this isn't a joke. This is my life. This is my life force. This is my blood. This is what I've given 13 years of my life to, of like literal like broken bones and, and broken hearts and wanting to quit and just – looking literally at my life going, I could have been a millionaire. I've, I've spent so much money chasing, you know, a, a crazy dream that no one really sees but me. And I'm not the kind of guy that is a politician or screws people over to get where I, maybe that's why I'm not in the big leagues. Maybe I'm just not cut out to, you know, to, to do it that way. But um, I, I do believe that um, if I can look at myself in the mirror at the end of the day, and be happy with what I see, then that's all that matters. And that's what I try to put in my wrestling. And I think that I try to put that into my students and the people that I work with. Well, something else huge happened that same night. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Uh, Winning the tag titles with Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. (laughs) What was Ken like backstage? Ken was the coolest. Like, we had a lot of uh, hmm, inappropriate jokes. Uh, Dowie and I had some inappropriate jokes about how our tights fit on us, as you can imagine, and just having Ken in there, putting his two cents in, I never thought I'd hear something like that from the world's most dangerous man. It, it's just, it, you know, uh, it's not like you're marking out or anything, but it's almost surreal because you you work so hard to get people that you admire to see you on the same level, and that's all I want. Like I, I just wanted guys that I'd looked up to in the business, um, people that I now consider friends, to see me as one of their peers and go, Carlo does a justice to wrestling. He's not a joke. He's not a, you know, he doesn't take the piss or anything like that. Like, this guy, he's a great worker. He's he does a justice to this business, and that's that's all I've ever wanted. So to you know to have amazing feedback from Ken and him wanting to come down a lot more, and, and we're going to defend these titles. Like he he wants to come down and defend these titles. And that's and that's incredible. And there's a buzz around Ken Shamrock since he did that show. So it shows that um, you know coming out to Australia for for these guys who have can give him a, a new lease on wrestling. Yeah, man, I don't know if you saw, but like he did that jumping leg lariat that he used to do back in the day, and he's like fifty something. And he, he hadn't had, wrestled a match oh for my, eight years. No, he hadn't. <laughs> Mao's like this is this is surreal. Yeah. So being in the ring with him is is definitely you know crazy. Uh, you touched on uh, the wrestling business with injuries and stuff like that. Obviously, uh, Welsh, you know, I know you've had a fair few. Uh, you want to talk about like, when you broke your back? And, mm. Like that was... Um, That's crazy. So it's funny. So I, I'm i I'm the kind of guy that kind of bites off more than you can chew and just chews harder. Yeah. So like I have six jobs, right? So back when I broke my back, I had eight. And like I would... <laughs> wrestle at these shows and then I would go work in the nightclub. I used to work at Miss Collins and, and do security and, and Do you know Vic Chand? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that's what I used to do, right? Um, so for some reason this the night I broke my back was the only night I wasn't scheduled on the work. And I remember it was a lucha show and uh, I I play a cowboy robot that can stop time and freeze time. So I was doing this match and I was on I went to jump off the top to a top rope hurricane runner. And all it was, his timing was a bit off. And when I jumped on the guy, his foot was slightly off and he fell backwards. And I was already bridging back to do the, the Hurricane Rana, but like I could feel it was off. And it went slow motion. I was like, I better crunch. So I crunched in and I folded in half. And I felt like as soon as I landed, my fingers and my feet just, like, just went numb. But the only thing I could hear was the crowd going, ooh, like, as in like, ooh, that doesn't look right. So I got up straight away. 
got to the other turnbuckle. Uh, I did a crossbody. I hit a pile driver, and then I hit stereo frog splashes. Oh, One, God. two, three. Got the win, and then like the cowboy robot likes to dance, and <laughs> I'm trying to dance. I'm like, man, this. This really hurts. Like, I can't breathe. I'm trying to dance. I'm like, I can't shake my hips. And like, I'm chocolate. So, you know, that's natural. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get the, the hips to gyrate. And I got backstage and I was like, my, my elbow kept going like spasming and it really hurt. And I was like, oh man, this doesn't feel good. And I'm going home and like my family's like all worried about me because they love to come to every show. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. Maybe I should go to hospital. They're like, we're going. You never want to go to hospital. We're going. I'm like, no, no, you know what? I'm going to sleep it off. Let me get some KFC. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep it off. I went to put my drink down, my arm spasm, then my back spasm. I'm like, let's go to hospital. So I tell them what happened. And like, it was so funny. I told them they were all like really chill at the Alfred. Next thing I know, this bed comes out. I'll get this neck brace on and they're strapped. And it's like, all this stuff, and they did all these tests, these scans and everything. And the guy goes, so what time did the ambulance get you? I said, it didn't. A guy, I just, I came here on I my own. I the match. Yeah, I had to, he goes, there's no way. There's no way. I'm like, well, there is a way. And he's like arguing with me. I'm like, and I'm getting frustrated because like I'm getting claustrophobic. Like my, I can't move my neck. Like I'm getting anxiety. I'm like, this is not good. And he's, he says, look, you, you have a fracture in your spine. And like, if it moves anymore, you could be paralyzed in the waist down. Thing was, I had a match against Shelton Benjamin two weeks later that I've been training for months for and trying to get in the best shape possible. And they said, if my back wasn't so thick, I definitely would have been paralyzed from the waist down. So they said it wasn't severe enough to have surgery, but they said I needed to wear a back brace. So I wore this damn back brace for like, I think it was like 30, I don't know, it was like 13 weeks, 14 weeks. And like, I had to wear it in the shower. The only time I could take it off is when I lie down flat. And it was like torture. And you know, the crazy thing is like in Australian wrestling, People were saying I was a work and they're spreading rumors that I was faking my injury. I was like, come on, man. Like, I don't want to wear no brace. <laughs> so that I, I wore that. I made my comeback match. It was really good. Um, and then literally a year later to the day, I have a match and I um, I break my arm. That was King of Colac. King of Colac, yeah. So I uh, it was uh, wrestling one of my students and all it was was a neck break on the apron. Done it a million times. But um, as we were coming down, uh, he was holding the rope. And then let go and it was like coming really quick. And I got out of the way, but I could see his head was going to hit the the steel really bad. So I put my arm underneath to protect his head. Yeah. But the whiplash of his head snapped my arm in half. So the, the top part was in half. And I grabbed it and I thought, <laughs> I thought I pulled a muscle. So I'm trying to like, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. Oh man, I wonder if this is broken. And I'm pushing the bone in and out. I didn't know. And I kept wrestling. And you wrestled and- again that night? Yeah, so I rested the match and I, I, I grabbed my opponent. I'm like, I think my arm's broken. He goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, keep going. And it wasn't until we did a top rope park and runner where I landed and I went, okay, we're done. We're done. And then I had to, I, I, I cashed in my uh, contendership and powerbomb sketch off a ladder through a table. And the hardest bit was climbing the ladder going, how do I take the belt <laughs> off the, like the string with like a broken arm? And I did. I ended up getting it off and then went to hospital that night. And it's funny because like, I was pretty chill, but I was like, I wasn't selling it too much. And I think everyone thought I was working it because no one was like, oh, man, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think it's broken. It's like, yeah, I don't know. And there's a video of me and, and Ali, big Ali, laughing about it. He's like, bro, you need a doctor. You need x-rays. And we're laughing about it. I'm like, look at this. Turns you're, out it was in the hospital for a while. 
Yeah, because I got in there on Saturday. They couldn't get a surgeon until Tuesday. So I'm just in Geelong. I'm in like Geelong Hospital waiting for <laughs> a surgery. your mind. Dying, dying. And then like uh, they finally had surgery and then uh, the rehab. And then, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things like I, I've gone 13 years without any major injuries, like, you know, a couple of dislocations here and there and a couple of knocks here and there. And like, you know, you take some time off, like crack rib. Like it's just little injuries we don't really realize. But I think – uh, I was talking to Mad Dog about it, and Mad Dog's like, you know, it's just when it's your time, it's your time, and you'll get all these injuries, and you'll be fine for a while. And I think it's just one of those things. So hopefully, my time it sounds is- like Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> while he's holding his shoulder into place and going, yeah, yeah. I guess you know when it's your time. It's time. I'm like, dude, you step on like cactus. So I don't know. <laughs> we wrestle a very different style. <laughs> um, where are we? Uh, Talk to us a little bit about uh, Underworld when that started because you were – when the unveiling happened, you were the champion. Mm. Um, how How's that a different experience to working um, other – Underworld Underworld was such a different concept and the fact it has such worldwide exposures is such a big thing and I think the guys that are on the show really need to take advantage of that. It, it's such a – it's such a unique experience because of the whole knockout rule and the whole uh, submission it, – it, it brings a different element to what we're doing. Um, and, a, and I think re- people really need to change and switch up their style because you can't do your sports entertainment stuff well, you, you get there. The opp- you don't very often get the opportunity to work a different style. Mm. Um, and I think Underworld probably gives you that opportunity. It does. I mean, the opportunity to work real differently and then also at the same time not be the same as everyone else while trying to get your point across. Like, you know, th- everyone's so... I think I still find this quite interesting. Everyone's still very big on like, uh, especially on normal shows, like you know, you good guys and your bad guys, heels and faces, which which I think is great. And then you still need that as the core. But there's sometimes where there's just shades of grey, and it's up to you to decide what, if you like them or not. Yeah, and I think that's what Underworld is. Underworld isn't a, uh, it's not a wrestling show. It's 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 a TV show, and I think people need to look at it from that perspective. Like you need to look at it from. It's a, it's a TV show where like Lucha Underground. Yes, essentially, there's things going to happen that might not make sense, or it's like what the hell, and it's just like you just got to go with it and and let let yourself be suspended from from belief a bit. And then if there's holes there, cool, pick at it. But I think you just got to let yourself go. Okay, this is something that's not wrestling. It's completely different, and just enjoy it for what it is. Stop trying. People, I think people just want to pick at everything, and I think our fans, especially in Australia, need to stop like going. This is the best promotion, and that one sucks. It's just like, how about we just all like everything, and we can all work together, and this is all these different flavors of ice cream. Well, it's true, and because you see, you got people who are like, I only want to watch promotion A, yeah, and I hate promotion B. But the same guys are working on both shows. Hundred percent. Like this is a chance for like for me, anyways. Um, I try to have a different variation of my character every show. So you'll get you'll get cash money, you'll get Carla Cannon, but like, you know, the one that you see at Showdown is completely different to the one you get at Warzone. And the Carla Cannon that's a bit more rough, a bit more like, you know, doesn't doesn't really care is our underworld. And then you get the fun loving, laughing, you know, pick on people, pick bully the bullies at, at, at BCW. So you know what I mean like it's it's still elements of who I am. Yeah. It's just like just go where you wanna see that type of character. But that's also a little bit of you feeling the different crowds at those different shows. True. Because Warzone's more of a family yeah, show. Yeah. And then Underworld's obviously 18 plus. <laughs> and sure <BCW's> is. <laughs> even more 18 plus. Yeah. That, I think that's what makes it fun. I think if you can learn to twerk 
Um, twerk. That's <laughs> have a listen. Have a listen to you. Is that in the class? Well, uh, well, it's part of the chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you can learn a tweak, I mean, like little parts of your personality to suit to, to suit the crowd, and, and then see what works. Like that's why Underworld is so different. Like I don't think I play a good guy or a bad guy there. I think I come out there and I'm, I pretty much a glorified SoundCloud rapper. Like I, I, that's how I look. I come out to you know XXX Tentacion, and like I have a very like in your face attitude, and I'm a loudmouth talker. You know what I mean? And I'll bully the bullies, and I'll, I'll bully the good guys too. It doesn't matter. Like I'm all about a certain thing, and Underworld's all about getting that victory, getting them points. So that's where I'm driven. Do you know what I mean? And we hate the claw. So that's what I stand for. The claw's trying to hold me down. So. I'm a fighter. Like that that's where my character is. And you obviously had to give up the title. So that's a storyline for you in being able to re to chase the title that you never that you never lost. Hundred percent. And I think that's the interesting dynamic with, with the certain rules with the you know, for instance, with the time limit draws and, and the the two points and the floodgates. I think it's just it's just an interesting concept. And I think there's a lot more that can be done with it. And um, if they can be a bit more creative and go what about this? I mean, look, look at the Royal Rumble, man. There's no rules, anyways. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you can be creative like, if you. That's what wrestling is. It's letting the creative juices flow, and um, it's as long as I feel, as long as your fans can justify it, you're okay. Yeah. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, if if the the way I see wrestling is like, if my biggest fan comes to see Carlo Cannon and he goes, he tells his best friend, "You need to come watch wrestling." It's like, oh, I don't want to. It's like, no, no, see this guy Carlo, he's the best. And I do something that's stupid or doesn't make sense. If he can't justify it, then I'm doing the wrong thing. Because he goes, no, no, but Carly does this because of this. Oh, that's cool. Oh, no, I get it. He goes, oh, I don't know why he did that. Uh, your favorite's an idiot. He sucks. Now he's going to feel stupid for supporting me. You. He ain't going to support me no more. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that's that's how I feel like there needs to be some sort of, like, uh, and that's not up to just the promoters. That the onus is on us as, as artists. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's up to us to put money into our outfits and look a million bucks. Like, Invest I look in at, yourself. Bro, I look. I literally go to all the roster pages, and I don't know half their names, in all honesty, but I look at them and I go, how do I look different? I have colored cornrows. I look and, like, I wear, like, you know, um, a, a crystal skull mask, and I come out to, like, SoundCloud-style music, and I'll switch it to something else. Do you know what I mean? And, and I wrestle soon. I go, no one's really doing these kind of strikes. I'm going to do those. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, what kind of outfit? I'm, I'm going to try that. And just trying different things. And, and, and then, everything doesn't work, but you – but. You You'll gotta find try. What does. Yeah, you gotta try, and then, and I think that's what keeps you interesting. I think it's the only reason why, like, I'm like I said, I'm not a politician. I'm not someone that's like, I'm not ramming myself down your throat. It's, I think I just try to, I just try to find ways to stay relevant, and like, you know, and if people are talking crap about me, then I let them talk because then they keep me relevant when I'm injured. It's great. I spent a year like injured, <laughs> and like everyone was like talking about me still. Great, talking about my love life. Talking about, I was like, excellent. Please talk about me. <laughs> it makes my comeback a lot easier. You know what I mean? And it's like same as the social media thing. Like you know, getting, letting them get to know who you are, and 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 being vulnerable and letting letting them in. I, I think that's what um, the magic of what we have now is. Like we're so easily accessible, and we can either use what we or we have as a positive thing, or we can use it as a negative thing. You know what I mean? And I try to stay positive. I I put the you know I've I've struggle with mental health issues and I put it out there and like fans hit me up and you know they struggle with stuff and I talk to them I'm not gonna I yeah and know. look um both of us understand that um personally we, yeah we both had our own battles at times yeah and it is important to talk about it because if you can help one person 
you know, then your struggle was, was not for nothing. 100%. 100%. And it's like, man, it's hard talking about anxiety, man. That's the worst. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I, I hate talking about it. But when I get a message from kids saying, hey, like, that really helped me, then that's that's what it's for. You know what I mean? And, like, um, that's what I think it's lacking. Like, we, we, we really got to – we're being too cool for school, man. I think like, we're getting better, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a slow yeah. journey. And, then, man, and he, hey, here's one thing. <laughs> Why do people <laughs> – Arrestors, Australian rest of the West, they always air their dirty laundry online. Bro, you ain't ever going to see me air nothing. <laughs> I ain't say nothing. I watch, I don't even like it. I laugh at home. I'm a training <laughs> laughing. I'm like, y'all, why are you saying this? Y'all are heat magnet. I get enough heat just by like being honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to post anything online. People will find that three years later and I get fired from somewhere. Yeah. I'm trying to get contracts here. <laughs> I know that Tony's going to kill us. We're going way over time. Oh, definitely. I'm, so it's fine. Sorry, gonna, Tony. No, it's fine. I'm going to rewrite the rest of the show. So it's mostly interview. It's part but, two, right? There's, there's two parts, right? <laughs> um, but I, I do want to talk about Vicious Pursuit, the yeah. wrestling school, because obviously it takes up a lot of your time. And <sighs> you have produced – you and EPW have probably produced – um, more international wrestlers, or George has probably produced a few as well. But those are the three yeah. schools that keep coming up. Um, do you want to talk about the guys that you've got there and and, and what you're doing? Well, I mean, there's so many kids that have come through uh, my doors, so many talented, talented guys, and I've I've just been lucky to be part of their journey. Do you mean so? Like, obviously, like being part of like you know the notable names and and. Guys like you know Buddy Murphy and and Peyton Royce and and uh, Shine Suicide and um, Tennille like they they've all taken little bits of what I've given them and they've run with it and and worked hard. Do you know what I mean? And, and killed it. And then I've got I see these kids doing it now. Like you know look look at Lucky. Lucky's come such a long way. Lucky Hendricks doing amazing stuff. Probably um, the best character worker in the country. Just he's about. he's just let himself be him and, and and I think it's incredible um, and there's guys coming up now like uh, you know my, my three notable guys like Darcy Darcy Moss he, he does a bit of a greasy gimmick but he's got a lot of other characters obviously and he's probably one of the most talented kids I've trained um, Glock or the Great Wall of China Jean Wen he I'm telling he's going to get signed with him he has next. such an amazing he's gone. look like enjoy him now because I'm <laughs> telling you he speaks Chinese he's gigantic and he's humble He's gone places, and then obviously guys like uh, like Kaz Jordan, who's like just a like a ball of energy and talent that like is, is just about to blow up. And I've got a girl coming through, Katie Katie Lux. You'll hear from her soon. She's she's going to be really good. So I mean, look, there's um, I've got a lot of kids that are just very humble. They they understand my method. Um, they they realize that I love this as well, and I'm still chasing. I'm not. You know, those that teach, those that can't teach, they know that I'm chasing it, that I want it to, and I love it more than anything. And um, they see my passion. They see that I, you know, will sacrifice things to make sure they get booked and, and throw their names out there and do whatever I can. But, I mean, look, I think pretty much most of the rosters in the state, I think, have one of my guys on it. And I'm just proud to be part of their journey. Like, I can't take full credit for everything they do. They, they, they still put their hard yards in. And, you know, I just hope that... Uh, what I've given them, they kind of take with them and they still continue to train and they still continue to try to get better and, and stay hungry, really, because I'm hungry. And if anyone wants um, to come down and check out Vicious Pursuit, where can they find you? Um, you can find us online. You can even hit me up personally, but you can find us at Vicious Pursuit on Instagram and at Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Vicious Pursuit as well. Um, and you can just find me at Carl Can. Just hit me up. I'm, 
I'm pretty chill. I'll talk to you maybe. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Yeah, and, and that's where they can find us. And even if you hit any of the students up, you know, um, that they'll just send you our way. And we have tryouts every few months, and um, you know, hopefully doing a couple more student shows, which I think will be good for them to kind of push themselves a little bit further and and try new gimmicks out. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Carlo. Really appreciate you me. coming in. We have to do this again because there's probably so oh, much definitely, to do. Definitely. <laughs> Too much fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank Thanks you very so. much. Welcome back to the show. We went a little bit over time with the interview, but I couldn't. Like, I could, how good's Carlo? That's definitely a two, three, probably a four-parter. Um, series, I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's. I just felt like yeah, three mates talking about wrestling. Oh, all these. I'm. Yeah, definitely going to be listening back to that. Uh, anyway, Tony's going to kill us, so we've had to scrap half of the second half of the show, <laughs> but we'll um, battle on. Wrestling Go uh, have got You Go Girls and MCW have got Glow th- in Real Life Three on the weekend of March the 2nd and the 3rd, and they're bringing over you know, a big name from New Zealand. Yeah, so uh, they're bringing out Candy Lee, so this is big for all of us, obviously. You know, we've followed her, her stuff. I think this is, this is a really good step in the right direction. I think this will create a lot of buzz for both shows. Yeah, and Candy Lee uh, being transgender as well, um, she has the added pressure of she has to not only trying to live her dreams as a wrestler, but she has to also um, answer a lot of bullshit online. Yeah. So um, it would be interesting to talk to her and find find out you know, what, what that's like. But I'm really looking forward to just the opportunity. If you're in Sydney and Melbourne, support these shows because they are running a full women's show, which I think is what the industry needs a little bit of, um, but also bringing Candy Lee out. The opportunity to see her wrestle um, in person is going to be worth the price of admission yeah so i know you've already got your tickets to glow bought them immediately yeah so you went to the first one i went to the second one i'll definitely be getting tickets to yeah. this so yeah you know the tickets do they sell fast well, i said to steph my girlfriend um glow's got a new show on are we going she's like is indy hartwell wrestling i'm like <laughs> yes she loves indy she wears her Indy Hartwell T-shirt to the shows. We have the same favourite wrestler, it would appear. Although my new favourite wrestler is probably Carlo Cannon. Well, he's probably, yeah, I think he... And after this interview, definitely everyone's going to be fans of his. So that's, yeah, make sure you go. They're really fun. They're really fun. And support support the, uh, the girls. Now, there's a really big weekend of wrestling um, this weekend. I know that... Often MCW, EPW, and Wrestle Rampage wouldn't be running shows on the same day, but they are. I saw TMDK messaging about how their guys are spread out. So we'll just quickly go through them. MCW have got Mikey Nichols yes. wrestling. Um, do you think that there could be an Elliot Sexton match? It hasn't been announced. I I think so, yeah, obviously. Or will he be in Adelaide? Uh... I feel he may have already had that goodbye moment with Jonah at the last MCW show. I feel so he's already said goodbye to Jonah. Obviously, we all think they're going to meet up somewhere else uh, in a couple of weeks. I feel he needs to have his own MCW goodbye to the fans. I feel like MCW is where he's had his 
best moments as yeah. a wrestler. So it would be nice if the rumors are true because it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, um, that we would get that farewell match, maybe against the Lockie. It would. Uh, that'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah, of course, yeah, a little bit of byplay of maybe I'm going there and maybe you know I've already been Uncle, Uncle Paul. Paul. Yeah, just those kind of little things that we're all tiptoeing around, but yeah. Obviously, we're both going to the show, so it'd be interest, interesting. Uh, Wrestle Rampage are going to be well, if doing we their in, live stream. If we're in Adelaide, we'd definitely be going to Wrestle Rampage. Jonah's last show in the country. Yeah. Until he'll be here, I'm sure he'll come back with WWE at some stage, but this is the last opportunity that we'll get in Australia to see someone who's been such a huge part of the local scene yep. for a long time. Yeah, and, and if you can't go to one of the local shows... You know, if you're in Melbourne or Perth or wherever and you can't go to a local show and you want to stay home, Wrestle Rampage are running on Kling, I, I think it, it's called. Just check out Wrestle yeah, Rampage's Seven or eight dollars and their live stream is flawless. Yes. And then EPW are running as well. So yes. Damien Slater, like the, the Untouchables, I think, will be on that, yep. that show. And Moretti's wrestling against McGavin. That'll yeah. be a cracker. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be definitely one of the best uh, matches from the weekend, so I can't wait to those shows get up get uploaded. Yeah, so plenty on this weekend. Yeah, and big big shows. So and could have some big repercussions. And I still got um, a conspiracy theory that there's a reason that they're all running the same day. Um, don't I wouldn't be shocked if there's some sort of an announcement, but also I wouldn't be shocked if there isn't. They're <laughs> telling me that there's nothing to it. Time will tell. Yes. Now. Hunter Valley Wrestling are bringing out the cowboy James Storm, who has an amazing career with Impact, yep. um, with TNA. TNA, America's Most Wanted. Um, had a great beer money beer money as well. Yep. Uh, he, so really, they've got a double-header double show they're running. So the 23rd and the 24th in Maitland, which is up near Newcastle. I have no Hunter idea. Hunter Valley. <laughs> um, now... I want to just give them credit because it's great to see these promotions who are ambitious. And the rest of that card is looking strong as well. So they've got Slade Mercer will be up there for it. Damien Slater's on the card. It's going to be a really good show. So I'm hoping that we're going to get more of this where promotions are backing themselves in. But we're only going to get more of it if people support it. So if you're in the region, if you're in the Hunter Valley Definitely get there and check those shows out in March. Pre-buy the tickets. Let the promoter know, have some certainty around it so that they they know which names they can get. That's a good idea. And we've got some Underworld tickets to give away. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Um, We run a, you know, you got a share and all that Facebook sort of gimmick to uh Mumbo Jumbo. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got two tickets to give away to the March 10th show well do you want to announce who it is or do you want me to no you announce it so the two tickets to underworld enter at own risk (laughs) because um yeah i don't know if you've if they've if you haven't been to an underworld show you don't know what you're in for but the winner's brandon bochamp beachamp i'm not sure i probably butchered your name mate but brandon's won two tickets um, we'll hit you up on social media this week to get your details and get those, get your name to the claw, and the claw will send out your tickets in the mail. 
The congratulations. Claw, yeah, congratulations. The claw don't have my details, do they? They probably do. It's <sighs> a bit worrying. They probably do. Do you want to join the claw with me? Uh, no, no. I'll put I'll your just... name down for that as well. No, no, There's no. There's a sign-up sheet in my fish and chip shop. Oh, really? I live near Lord Williamson, apparently. <sighs> He's been on a recruiting spree. Oh, interesting. All right. Get in the claw and grab yourself a snack pack. <laughs> anyway, upcoming shows um, this Saturday, PCW Ignition returns to Ferntree Gully. NAW is on in Albion. As we mentioned, MCW Uprisings at Thornberry. Wrestle Rampage is on in Port Adelaide and EPW is on in Perth. If you've got any upcoming shows that you want us to promote, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. We're happy to talk to you. We might be able to work out what we can do moving forward. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps. Leave us a review, hopefully five stars. Preferably five stars. Um, that guy who left us the one star. Well, it's not very nice. Yeah. Um, and if you want to hit talk to us or hit us up, get our hit our Facebook or our Twitter or our Instagram or our personal addresses. I'll give you Lyles if you message the page. Yep, I still live at home with my parents. Give them that address. <laughs> Who's here next week? Because um, we could have some fun with this. Like Tony's not here. Are we going to announce it? Oh, I it's reckon. Good. Yeah, we get Lockie Hendricks back. What do you reckon? If Lockie's willing to come back and Tony hasn't turned him off. Well, just tell Lockie that Tony won't be here. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. No, stuff it. Next Tony. week, Lockie Hendricks. Lockie Hendricks. Don't worry. Tony's got some sort of cricket on probably. So tune in to round two, Tony versus Lockie. Tony versus Lockie, the rematch. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I've been Welshie. He's been Lyle. I hope I have. Turnbuckle. Thanks for listening. <laughs>